Is he able to walk yet? Oh, isn't he one already? Are you still feeding him at 3 years? He should be able to eat by himself, no? Isn't she turning 10 this year? Why is she so short? You should be sending her to extra classes. How else will she score better? Did you know that Kay's daughter made it to the IITs? Did you even think of applying for it? Oh, you signed up for journalism. Hmm. Don't you think engineering is more mainstream? Final year now. Placed or not? M has three offers already. Why are you doing your masters in the country? Don't you think XYZ Nation has way better opportunities? You're 27 and single. Come on, yaar. You should start meeting people and settle down. Your biological clock is ticking. Still, want to enjoy your lives? Don't you want to have kids? Yes is already planning for a second. Your little one is 3 years old. Haven't you put him in a school already? Isn't he lagging? Z's daughter is already in the second level. And the cycle repeats. Take a deep breath. Are you really where you want to be or are you rushing blindly towards meaningless goals just to stay in the competition? Hello Vandanam Namaste Namaskara Welcome to the Adulting Detox with Anna and Shri This is a podcast where two childhood besties take a break from full-time adulting to reconnect and reflect on their respective life stories So welcome to all our listeners and Shri and I are very excited we're into seven episodes already Yay seven episodes we made it <laughs> yes, and today we're talking about competition. So, Shri, what are your earliest memories of competition? Um, I've never been a competitive person. Like I've always had the fear of competition, but something from the back end has always worked. Um, I could compete with my fellow students or my friends and I could perform well when it is not an open stage. So yeah, just context for the listeners. Shri and I were among the people who would always get first rank, second rank, third rank in class. when the report cards would come out and they would announce who got the first rank or the second rank i think i enjoyed all the attention i got <laughs> yes yes it was very encouraging but i didn't want to be noticed it's, it's nothing but fear of attention i wanted to do all this from a personal space even now i can't react well to appreciations actually <laughs> i see Um I think growing up I had this false idea that coming first in class for an exam that I wrote was a reflection of how intelligent I am but I'm not too sure about that anymore because of the narrow metrics by which exams are conducted right in our academic system I distinctly remember the first time when I got first rank I remember feeling proud and happy and there was a sense of validation I got from it and it played a role in propelling that confidence forward the next time 
it just became a little bit easier for me to do well eventually what happened was because i used to come first in class the teacher would give me the opportunity to be the class leader that added a little bit more confidence and i don't know motivated me more and other teachers already knew my name when i went to a new class the next standard basically um it became like a layering of advantage so to speak and then when it came to getting opportunities to participate in the school day or any other event i was already noticeable and because of all the confidence that i had already gained i was able to express myself without fear i used to enjoy competing in academics and talent programs and all that growing up but probably these events did not give me the opportunity to reflect on that advantage or privilege that i had even going into those competitions yeah but having said that once you've achieved a sense of confidence and that doesn't keep up with real life situations and that is where i can see a lot of people going through trouble and there is that immense pressure to continuously do well in life and you know some people who are not great at academics are so good with other skills like they can run a business really well and there are so many other skills that are not even checked at the right places in many education systems across the world like you said some people might be good in uh, writing something and expressing themselves that way some people might be good at being empathetic with others or you know providing that compassionate safe ground for people in distress and these are all skills that can be cultivated and nurtured without having a competitive environment for it and i feel like competitions should be about how do we become better as a collective instead of choosing who is the best in something once we are used to being at the top we can't see it any other way right yes the way our society functions currently let's say it's a competitive entrance exam or an interview for a job with the kind of forced scarcity that is being projected every win is coming at the expense of someone else's loss and the person who wins gets accustomed to winning like you said and the person who loses it's so debilitating picking up yourself by the bootstraps the classic phrase they use in a capitalistic economy it's easier said than done because each loss can propel you that much further down and also the amount of emphasis we give to competing and winning we don't give enough emphasis to learning from failures yes yes definitely like you said it is very hard for me to even think or accept a situation where i fail but i think winning should also be about learning a lot more things that you didn't know prior to that mm yeah yeah I feel like we started the episode on a very preachy note. <laughs> That is there and uh, okay we spoke about the kind of advantage we've always had because we've been topping since probably day 1 since we were 4 and all that. Did you notice that there is another set of or category of people in your life who have a competitive edge based on their gender? Have you come across this? Of course every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I faced this discrimination even before being a mother. I think I was married by then 
and I had to compete against three of my friends in the college who happened to be guys. There was this question of, do you think you will be capable of handling the work pressure just because I was married? How does being married or having a relationship will affect the kind of the work ethics that I bring to the table? Moving on, this continues even today when I'm applying for a particular position in a company. The kind of questions I get just because I am a mother, not because I'm a parent, but because I am a mother. Questions like, who is going to take care of your baby? I don't see these kind of questions going to the men. These are everyday questions faced by mothers across countries. Why is there a competitive advantage to men? And is this fair? totally agree that it's a man's world in that we have different standards being set for men and women and at the same time if you choose to have a career in a field that does not have a lot of faces that are similar to you it is so difficult to be your best the job that i do for example it's a job that involves a lot of physical activity it's a job that is traditionally been dominated by men And because I work in a country that has mostly white people, the job that I do also has basically been dominated by white men. It's so difficult to be my best because I'm always afraid that if I don't do well, I'm going to conform to the stereotype that women cannot do this job very well. Actually, in psychology, there is a name for this phenomenon. It's called the stereotype threat. So... There was a study conducted where they gave maths test to different groups of students. So they gave it to a set of girls and boys. And the first case, they told both the girls and boys that we have seen in our previous tests, boys did better than girls. And then when the girls and boys went in to take that math test, the girls, their confidence was affected and that reflected in the results. So when we have society around us giving information in different ways, directly and indirectly, that we are not going to be good at this or not a lot of people have done this. So if you do this, you will be the exception. There's just so much more pressure, which is unfair. And when we talk about equal opportunities, I know that a lot of conversations in India center around the reservation policy, right? And there's a lot of outrage about how it's not implemented well or people who don't deserve it get it. And that kind of discourse only makes it so much harder for people who are not being represented equally in the society to prove themselves. The least we can do as a society, I feel, is to enable opportunities to everyone. And instead of cribbing about how others are taking away our opportunities, ask the governments or private institutions why there are not more seats. If we have such a high population, there is going to be a need for products and services to cater to this population. Then why don't we have enough educational institutions to train that kind of population? Exactly, exactly. So Shri, until we were all, you know, in school, our journeys were so similar. Um, But afterwards, I know that your journey changed a lot. So did the way you viewed competition change as well? Yes, definitely. I think since I had an early marriage, um, motherhood crept on me pretty early. I got out of the mainstream competition that most of my peers were facing and I had 
a different set of you know races or different kind of lifestyle and i couldn't actually compare myself with my peers i had a different track of life basically and that was good in a way because it felt like a privilege to not stay in the center of the cutthroat competition because i made some choices to not sit in certain interviews that were like so important to my peers or to my friends i think it took a while for me to understand that there was no perfect timeline to achieve milestones it is okay to not have your first job at 22 it is not very important for you to settle down by the age of 25 i had a totally different trajectory that didn't match with any of the people in my close circle though i had different issues to worry about the competitive spirit in me didn't die at some point i wanted to be a better mom or do these kind of activities with him you know being very paranoid about being the best mom in town or something like that but i think after a point i realized that it didn't matter that much and being perfect is being you and being real and understanding that uh, unknowingly i was putting my kid in the rat race and competing him with other kids there were so many other kinds of unnecessary pressure that i created around myself and my kid i think after a point i realized that our sanity mattered much more than being in the competition to you know read first or you know make him write before he was 3 i think we gave up on all of those and just started enjoying what we like to do together better just opened up a lot more opportunities for us to enjoy have fun and actually learn things that matter to him it helped me understand what his passions and whatever he liked at that moment better now that he can talk about dinosaurs and space related concepts and so much more it doesn't matter that he doesn't know his abc's yet he's in school and i think he's doing that in their own timeline yeah yeah like you said there are expectations of certain timelines to be achieved we expect everyone to do the same things the same way and i think growing up also i watched a lot of reality shows that cemented that notion that you have to be the best people who don't do well in those shows they were judged so harshly i feel like i may have subconsciously imbibed some of those traits into my life and i have had to consciously learn to not do that it has been an exercise in restraint to even not ask others what they are doing with their lives I think given how competitive our society is even asking someone what's up with them and what they're doing with their life can be very distressing for someone who does not want to be part of this cutthroat competition just as much as we want to live our lives on our own terms there is something that we can do as a society in letting others do that as well Yes I can totally relate to this being on the other side of this question for some time So as a parent especially the first one and a half years to two years I didn't have a moment to even sit down and sip a cup of coffee in peace it was that hard but just because I was not bringing in paychecks or doing something productive in terms of the society every time somebody asked okay what are you doing what are you planning to do so what next all these questions were such a trigger it just gave me such a dark face and i think it was all such learning points in life to understand that it is okay to not be competitive during that phase i think i understood not to expect somebody to be achieving something all the time that it is okay to just be and live life 
Yeah. I think in terms of journeys, even though it's been different, like we've come to a similar place where we're just done with competing with the world and just wanting to take a break and take things on our own terms. And like you said, it's a privilege, but hopefully everyone gets to take a moment to think about this and do that in whatever way that they can. That was a nice conversation. Shall we move on to our next segment? Yes, definitely. Let's do that. So here I have a question for you, Anna, and this is for you listeners as well. Just take a moment, reflect on it. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you're welcome. So here's my question. Although I've stayed away from a very competitive space for a while, uh, the competition in the big picture is always out there. If you had a chance to evaluate someone's skills and talents, in a very non-confirmative, non-competitive environment, how would you like to go about it? Do you have any creative ideas to share with us? This can be based on your experiences. I like this question. So when I was studying my master's here in Canada, I had a course where we did not have a final exam to pass the course. Instead, the professor gave us group activities And he evaluated us throughout the term in different ways. For example, he taught us a technical concept in class and then asked us to make a movie about that concept. He asked people to group in like groups of three or four. He just put a couple of rules. He was like, don't copy anything that's out there on the internet and find the most creative way to say this. That's it. It was so interesting because we got to do like a four minute movie. And I feel like I learned that concept way better through that exercise. Usually, we just memorize certain things and we are tested if we remember a lot of things, right? I don't think that's the best way to retain knowledge. Maybe one of the best ways to become better at some knowledge is by teaching it to others. So, if you prove that you have taught your concepts to others and others are able to understand it, it should be enough uh, to pass that course. And for skills, obviously, I think the best way to test someone's skill is to have an internship or an apprenticeship. Apprentice. uh, What the fuck is that word? Apprenticeship. Yeah, that word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think there are like better ways to evaluate our knowledge other than exams or through competitive ways. Yeah. Interestingly, I've seen my partner go through all of this in his master's. A vast portion of their field has to do with skills. So they actually (laughs) practice on patience. So as scary as that sounds, yeah, that is the reality. I mean, imagine you're training to be a doctor and your test involves four doctors have to show who can put the best stitches on a person. Imagine the patient who has to go through that. (laughs) (laughs) Competition would be so bad in a situation like that. (laughs) (laughs) So let me ask you a question. Like it's been evident now, I'm not a big fan of competitive environments and I usually try my best to avoid situations where there are combats or comparisons, just any form of competition in general. But I feel like I might be wrong in completely avoiding the idea of competition altogether. I would love some help with figuring this out. At what times do you think competition might actually improve our life experience? I think there's been a lot of times where I've been in a very non-competitive space. Like I said, my life took a different 
trajectory compared to the others in a way the process was very easy because there was less of pressure and i could perform way better i could experiment different things i could see what i like doing more it gave me a chance to be more creative also all of this is from a point of privilege but all of this needed a very strong sense of self improvement to even try to get there you know it is easier to stay unfocused and be without a goal in certain situations but the entire process has been easy probably because all of this is on my scale of where i want to be am i better today compared to yesterday and that is all it's been since a while and i'm not even trying to compare with my partner or with anyone so it is easier and very difficult at the same point as contradictory as it sounds but i think it needs a lot of perseverance to get going it needs a lot of self discipline to continue to do what you love and make a difference yes wow thanks for that answer shri so based on what i understand when there wasn't enough competition around you you created that by looking at yourself as your best competition right Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's a very nice way to look at it. That's a good goal to aspire to, to be the best versions of ourselves. Listeners, if you have any other experiences with competition or if you would just like to share some thoughts, please feel free to do so. You can reach out to us on our social media handles at The Adulting Detox. You can look for us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also send us a voice message. There's a way you can record a voice message and send it to us via Anchor. If not, you can also write to us or send us an audio message by email. The email address is theadultingdetox@gmail.com. We would be very happy to hear from you listeners. So yeah, please feel free to share your thoughts with us. With that we've arrived at the last segment of this episode where Shri and I give a few recommendations. Today I have two recommendations on the theme of competition. The first recommendation is a podcast called Revisionist History by Malcolm Gladwell. This is a podcast where each episode talks about certain things in our world that are misunderstood or completely overlooked. I think living in a capitalistic society we have all unconsciously come to rely a lot on rankings of all kinds you know to make decisions right from where to go to eat to which university to apply when we want to study abroad in this episode the host tries to understand the algorithm that goes behind these rankings and then tries to analyze how the algorithm can be hacked so that a lesser known but very good university can be placed in the top of the ranking system This episode really blew my mind and I think you will like it too. For my second recommendation, there's a movie I want you all to watch. So, I have a confession to make. Even though I personally don't enjoy competitions a lot, I am a complete sucker for sports movies. I think growing up I totally loved watching movies like Lagan and Chuck the India. The recommendation today is a movie in a similar vein. It's called The Battle of the Sexes. This movie really struck a chord because the movie talks a lot about the sexism and misogyny that women athletes have to endure. Again, it's very interesting because it's based on real life events. Please check out the movie if you can. Would you like to share your recommendations, Shri? 
um today i have a couple of recommendations for all of you uh and the first one is a book called the collaborative advantage how collaboration beats competition as a strategy for success it is by paul skinner Paul Skinner is a strategy consultant and social entrepreneur. In this book, he argues that competitive advantage may no longer be in the best interests of any business, organization or corporation. The book acts as a practical guide to help you create a collaborative advantage to change your outlook on the business front. It's a very small book. I'm sure you'll love it. Here is a wonderful quote in association with the book. What makes us human is not that we compete. Anything can do that. Our real difference lies in our near miraculous powers of collaboration. My second recommendation for this episode is little poem from one of my favorite Instagram accounts called Shrimati Says. It is run by a wonderful person Niharika Pandey. Let me read out a little poem from her page. So this poem is from the point of view of a little kid to the parents. Let me play in the sand before you put a pencil in my hand. Let me sow seeds before you push me to read. Let me blow on dandelions before I learn the names of all constellations. Let me climb trees before I have to learn the capitals of the countries. Let me observe my surroundings before I learn grown-up scientific findings. Let me chase pigeons before we do fractions. Let me run wildly before I can spell correctly. Let me collect raindrops before I learn different types of clouds. Let me camp in the park before you worry about my marks. Let me put colors to my imagination before I could color inside the lines of somebody's creation. Trust me, I am not behind anybody. I am just going at my pace. I refuse to be a part of any race. Please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. We're available on Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, or anywhere else you get your podcast. This episode was recorded and produced by us, Anna and Shree. The theme music is "Reverie" by Ghost. Intro and outro music credits to Winking Fox Music from Pixabay. That's it from us. Take care and talk to you soon.